acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So they're calling it the week from hell for Joe Biden's administration, a week that was played by setbacks, a week that was plagued by many different issues. The White House is now trying to get back on track by ordering 20 million antiviral pills as the supply is, quote, limited. And the Surgeon General went out on TV Murphy saying that the Supreme Court of the United States of America's vaccine mandate block is a setback for public health. Who cares if you're trouncing all over the Constitution of the United States of America and people's rights, right? Apparently we have a Surgeon General who believes, saying on ABC this week, that the Supreme Court blocking the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for large businesses is a setback for public health. So screw your freedoms and rights. If we decide we can do something in the name of public health, we should be able to do it, and the Supreme Court should stay out of it. Who are sick, who are at high risk, and ultimately save their lives. You you talk about vaccinations and how important they are. They certainly are, and boosters as well. The Supreme Court blocked the mandate for large businesses, something you said on this program in November was necessary and appropriate, and that was before the Omicron surge. So what is plan B? Well, the news about the workplace requirement being blocked was very disappointing, Martha. It was a setback for public health because what these requirements. By by the way, I love this. It's it's a setback for public health. What is your definition of public health? Anything that you decide must be done and people must do is public health now. So if you decide that you don't like guns and you do it in the name of public health, can you ban all guns using this logic? Yes. You know, a lot of conservatives like myself warn you about the slippery slope of a cause and effect. And this is a prime example of that. If you allow the left to use, quote, public health to do whatever the hell they want to do. This is exactly what will happen. Okay, on a regular basis, this is what is going to happen. This is their, this will be the ball game. We don't like guns and we declare them a public health issue slash nuisance. So because we have decided to declare them a public health nuisance, we can now ban guns. They would immediately do it with AR-15s. They would then do it with semi-automatic weapons and they would declare them all quote, assault weapons, right? Because that's what they do. They would tell you that they're evil. They would tell you that they are a public health crisis in this country, and they would ban it. I've said for a long time, I think you should have the right to smoke cigarettes. I also think every time you buy that pack of cigarettes, you should sign your life away, saying, I know I'm buying a product that's going to kill me. And so then if you show up and you need public hospitals or you need the hospitals and you can't pay your own bills and you don't have insurance and you haven't planned for that treatment, that we should then say, good luck, you signed your life away 9,327 times when you bought cigarettes. 
You knew you were killing yourself. There's accountability or responsibility for that. Now, people say that's inhumane. How can you do that? How could you turn somebody away for smoking? I believe you should have the freedom and the right to decide what is best for you. Okay, I really do. I believe you should have the right to decide what is best for you. I believe you should, you, you should have the freedom to smoke cigarettes and, and, and then decide that it's not my job to take care of you if you do get sick from those cigarettes. That's the part about this I also think is very important, accountability. But what the left will do is they'll start taking away things from you. They'll, you remember in New York, and, and this is just an example of what they will do if you give them this <laughs> this term, public health, as a reason to do whatever it is they want to do, saying that it's, a, it's public health. We're doing this for public health. Remember when they started taxing sodas? Cokes. Literally, they started taxing Cokes at a different rate. And then they started limiting the size of those Cokes that you could buy. They started limiting the size of products that you could purchase. You could say we have an obesity problem in this country and you could back it up with stats and figures. There's no doubt. So should you be able to start banning certain products? Should you ban barbecue? I bring it up because I have a barbecue restaurant. Should you be able to ban fried food? All fried foods is a public health nuisance. Should you be able to ban French fries? Hell, should you be able to ban fast food? Because the majority of fast food is a public health nuisance, right? It's a public health issue. If you allow people to ban things in the name of public health, where does it end? Where does it stop? A lot of people get hurt on motorcycles. Should we ban motorcycles in the name of public health? You could make a a, a very compelling argument for that. Should you ban hunting? Because sometimes people get hurt while hunting. You could obviously make a argument for that. In fact, you could make a public health argument for almost everything. You could make a public health argument when it comes to the issue of banning almost everything. Does that mean that you should do it? I would argue no. That does not mean that you should do it. People should have the right and the freedom to choose and decide what they want to do. But you heard it there from the Surgeon General. He says that he believes that basically you should be able to burn the Constitution of the United States of America in the name of public health at any point, any time you decide it's convenient for you and your argument. Let's go back to the issue of global warming. Should you be able to ban fossil fuels in the name of public health? Should you be able to ban eight-cylinder engines? Should you be able to ban drilling? Should you be able to ban coal mining? Should you be able to, I mean, think about where does the, where does the list stop in the name of public health? Because all of those things you could easily make an argument that you should be able to ban in the name of public health. Tell me how I'm wrong. You should be able to ban anything if you listen to these guys. And that's exactly what he's saying here. Well, we should we need to ban it. This is public health, folks. Ultimately, our helpful for is not protecting the community at large, but making our workplaces safer for workers as well as for customers. There it is. There's your argument. Anything we want to ban because we believe it will make you safer or the customer safer or the people safer or the kids. All right. You want to go back to the slippery slope? Let's go back to vaccine mandates for children. 
Well, we believe that your child should be vaccinated from COVID-19, and we believe that it should be mandated because the federal government believes that we control your children instead of you, and we're going to justify it by using public health as the reason. Why shouldn't that happen? Why not, folks? Seriously, why not? Shouldn't you be able to do that in that scenario for that reason? I would, I mean... How could you how could you possibly say no to that logic? In the name of public health, we believe that all of your children should be vaccinated. It's a mandate. They cannot go to school. They cannot do extracurricular activities. They can't function in society. And we're doing it in the name of public health game over. Why not? Seriously, why not? Why? why I mean, that's what they will say next. How the president of the United States of America even said and told businesses to defy the Supreme Court's ruling, and he said so in the name of public health. Supreme Court struck down the president in his week from hell, which I haven't even gotten into all the other issues yet, and I will. But the Supreme Court struck down the president saying he's trouncing on the freedoms of of the American people, and the president still came out and said, yes, I am, and I'm willing to, and I'm saying do it anyway. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's not afraid to admit it because he doesn't believe that you deserve these freedoms. And he doesn't believe that the Constitution has any real meaning in this country, apparently, any longer. And he's even advocating and telling everybody in this country to not pay attention telling private companies to not pay attention to the Constitution, telling them to break the law and put mandates on their people anyway. This is exactly what a tyrant would say. And having a Surgeon General that comes out and says (laughs) that vaccine mandates are needed regardless of what the Constitution said tells you he's a tyrant as well. Why Why did the Supreme Court block Biden's vaccine mandate for business? Because it violated the constitutional rights and the freedoms of business owners and of citizens. That's why. Okay, understand why they did what they did. Understand why they did it. People need to understand this. This is why they did it. This is their reasoning behind it. And anyone that doesn't understand that, I'm sorry, you are an idiot. Because they've made it very clear. They've they've made it extremely clear with the Supreme Court that this was a huge violation and and a a slap 
in the face to every business owner and every American, and they said no more. And the president comes out and says, yes, we're going to do it again, or do it now, or support it now, or don't listen to the Supreme Court. Move forward. He's advocating for breaking the law. Because this is how a psychopath, psychotic, I should say, they have become as tyrants. They are drunk on power in a way that we have never seen. They are drunk on power in a way that is intoxicating. And when you realize that you can do whatever you want to do in the name of, quote, public health, and that while you advocate for you know, being drunk on power in the name of public health, and that's your excuse to get away with taking away every basic human right we have in this country. Just like they want to mandate vaccines for children. This is the problem. Take a listen again to a little bit more of the Surgeon General continuing to advocate for the breaking of the law in this country. So the good news, though, is that there is nothing that stops workplaces from voluntarily putting these requirements in place. In fact, many have done so already. A third of the Fortune 100 companies have put these in place and many more outside have. Uh, So we are certainly encouraging companies to put these requirements in place voluntarily. in the healthcare setting, uh, that ruling was upheld. And so 17 million healthcare workers in settings across the country are still required now uh, to get vaccinated. That will help create a safer environment for healthcare workers as well as for patients. And, and Dr. Murthy, I want to talk about transmissibility. Clearly, there are large numbers of breakthrough cases in those who've been vaccinated and boosted. And we know those shots have saved lives in, term of the, in terms of the disease. But do you know what percentage of positive cases are in those who have been vaccinated and boosted? Well, it's a good question, Martha. The one important thing to, to recognize and underscore is something you mentioned, which I think is critically important, is that the purpose of vaccines, the most important job of vaccines, is to save your life and keep you out of the hospital. And by that measure, these vaccines and boosters are working and working well. Now, you- yeah, Amazing if they would have started with that, by the way, how different the vaccine debate may have been in this country. If they would have come out and and not lied to us or said things that they didn't actually know were fact, and you know what that list is, but I'll remind you very quickly of what that that, that list is. If you get the vaccine, you no longer have to worry about getting COVID. If you get the vaccine, you'll no longer have to wear a mask. If you'll get a vaccine, you no longer have to worry about social distancing. If you get the vaccine, you can go back to living your life the way you were before. If you get the vaccine... You can no longer have to worry about canceling Christmas or Thanksgiving or worry about killing grandma. Remember all that? Remember remember all of that? That's what they said, folks. That's literally what they said. If you just get the vaccine, this is how great life will be for you. Just get the vaccine. And then we find out none of it's true. They would have come out and said, guys, the vaccine is not going to give you this like silver bullet ultimate protection it's not going to put a globe around you it's not going to be walking around with invincibility what it's going to do is probably keep you out of the hospital and it's going to significantly reduce the risk that you're going to die if you contract covid if they would have just stuck with that and not oversell it with this you don't have to wear a mask anymore if you do this and you'll never have to wear a mask again if you do this 
All right, you get vaccinated, you don't ever have to worry ever again. That's how they sold us on this. I can't even imagine how many Americans would would get the vaccine or would have gotten the vaccine if they just would have been honest. Look, this is pretty much like a flu shot. Okay, this is going to reduce your risk of hospitalization and death significantly. That's all. With, that's all this thing does. We're not. It doesn't mean you can't get it. What it means is going to lessen. The severity, by and large, of COVID. If they would have done that, and they would have told the truth about that early on and not promised things that there's no way they could have known if it was actually going to be true because they were trying to oversell you. They were bribing you. They were lying to you. They were lying to you because they needed to lie to you because that's what they had to do to sell you on getting the vaccine in mass numbers. And it backfired on them once we realized that their lies became true. Once we figured out what their lies were. And then they saw, like, they were like, oh, it's a breakthrough case. Now, have you noticed the word breakthrough is like totally disappeared from the media? Have you noticed the word breakthrough is totally disappeared from the politicians? Have you noticed the word breakthrough is like not mentioned at the White House at all? Why is that? Because they need that word to go away. The cases that we're seeing among people that were vaccinated, fully vaccinated, right? Boosted. Should have been what they would have, what we expected all along. And by the way, the scientists were never saying that if you got vaccinated, you were going to get to just take that mask off indefinitely. And let's just talk about the lies of the, va- of the masks. We know a bunch of the masks that they've been telling us to wear are crap and they don't really work. They don't actually give you protection. We know that now. Right? Like, we, we know that now. If they would have been honest about the masking and said, look, especially with Omicron, N95 is what you got to wear. These other things are basically worthless. If they would have been honest, people would then trust them and not be, and, 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 and we wouldn't have the vaccine war that we're having right now. But when you keep lying to us and you keep trampling on our freedoms, this is what you get. They would have been honest and they wouldn't have had dictators and tyrants like Fauci running our policies and pushing their agendas on us. And they've been elected, don't forget, by no one. Remember, Dr. Fauci is the highest paid government employee and he has been elected by no one. No one. This is a guy that has been trampling on all of our rights and he seems to be totally down with it too. Like he's getting off on it. It is a high that he has never experienced before. He's like a crack addict that can't wait to get his next hit. And his hit hit is tyranny. His hit, his drug of choice, choice is, is dictatorship. That's why they refuse to back down. That's why they're not going. That's why the Surgeon General is basically mocking the Supreme Court vaccine mandate and saying it's a setback for public health. Because that's all he's got left to offer when it comes to the PR disaster, which is his job. This is where we are now. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. 
We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to just take a step back for a moment and let you understand just how bad things are for this president, which is exactly why this president's saying the hell with the Supreme Court and you guys keep being tyrants because us tyrants must stick together. Here's just a little excerpt about how bad a week it was for Joe Biden not only getting slapped around by the Supreme Court, but but many other things as well. Now, looking back at last week, what some are calling the week from hell, talks failed with Russia. The Supreme Court said the vaccine mandate for large companies was illegal. The president's trips to Georgia and Capitol Hill failed to get voting rights passed. And, of course, no changes to the filibuster, despite the president's best efforts. Biden's poll numbers now the lowest since taking office, just 33 percent going underwater for the first time following the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, paving the way for the Taliban to take over once again for the first time in 20 years. On the economy, the president polling is just 34 percent, foreign policy 35 percent, and his handling of the coronavirus pandemic just 39 percent, following a record-setting number of cases and hospitalizations nationwide. A doc from Brown University says the White House's COVID messages are very confusing. Well, it's certainly making it harder for people to know what to do. And in a public health crisis like the one we have, uh, getting the public to understand the moment we're in, what are the key things they need to be doing to keep themselves and their families safe, is enormously important. This week marks the end of President Biden's first year in office. In addition to a press conference Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, it also marks the first day that the new website goes online so Americans get their COVID tests. They should ship out in 7 to 12 days. Should. Yeah, right. Sure. Okay. I believe you, government. That's how bad this guy is being president. So, of course, the only thing left to do is to just be a tyrant. Even even MSNBC's Chuck Todd said this about the first year of the Biden presidency. And a year after promising a change in tone. We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. President Biden has failed so far to do that. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis? Or Bull Connor. So much for unifying the country. Perhaps the president went a little too far in his rhetoric. Perhaps the president went too far in his rhetoric. You, you, you think that the left is running? Hell, you heard Mitt Romney's voice. Even Mitt Romney's running from Joe Biden. He loved Joe Biden. Loved him. <laughs> I mean, even CNN... Is, is being forced to recap the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week, which was the week of the presidency of Joe Biden where everybody rejected him. Because now he's in the midst of what one famous children's book writer called a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad time. All week, the White House has watched as the headlines detailed a setback, a misstep, a miscalculation. COVID tests and spread, Biden's domestic agenda, foreign policy crises, crises plural. 
And it's all coming to a head on what is essentially the one-year mark of Biden's term. His push to change Senate rules so he can pass voting rights? Dead. His Build Back Better bill? At best, stalled. His vaccine mandate for big businesses? Blocked. Consumer prices? Soaring. COVID hospitalizations? Surging. COVID tests and treatments? In short supply. And these are just the issues that Biden is facing in the United States. In the United States, not even around the world, just in the United States. This is what he's up against in America. Former Obama economic advisor, Summers said moving towards higher entrenched inflation. And this is Obama's guy saying this now. We are basically moving towards uh, higher entrenched inflation. It's there in expectations. It's there in wages. It's there in uh, labor shortages. It's there in the pervasive pattern across uh, many different uh, prices. And people try to excuse it by picking this figure and that figure from uh, month to month. But we've got an overheated economy. Biden's fault, yes. Any accountability for it? Not so far. You know, Mitt Romney, and I think Mitt Romney sucks. I just want to make that clear. I think he's a terrible, terrible politician. Mitt Romney said Biden was not elected to transform America, but to get us back to normal and stop the crazy. Remember, because he hated Donald Trump. Hated Donald Trump, right? Well, how'd that work out for you? Because you're the guy that was anti-Trump. And now you want to act like, oh, you, you know, somehow, well, you know, I, I trusted Biden. It's not working out either. I mean, Mitt, Mitt Romney... This guy sucks almost as much as Joe Biden does. And he's out there grandstanding today. Well, you know, Biden has really failed. You're the dude that backed him. You're the dude that was constantly undermining Donald Trump. You were the guy that went to war with Donald Trump on everything. Democratic Representative James Clyburn said Biden's election overhaul legislation is, quote, on life support, meaning it's, well, it's dead. Are the election reform bills dead, do you think? No, I don't. Uh, they may be on life support. <laughs> There's your spin. Well, they may. I mean, no, no they're not dead. They're on, they're on life support, though. Oh, well, that makes it all better, I guess, right? Well, they're on life support. You can't spin your way out of this. And then what if Russia decides to move into Ukraine? You think our president's going to stop him? Of course not. What if China decides to do whatever the hell they want to do with Taiwan? You think he's going to stop him? Of course not. MSNBC's Alex Witt on voting rights. I don't want to sound like negative Nelly, but it appears the legislation is heading for failure. Yeah, it is. And that's coming from MSNBC. Anyway, let's go and talk about um, everything with voting rights and the like. There's been, of course, the big, you know, push, the big momentum this last week. But it appears and I don't want to sound like negative Nelly. But it appears like this legislation is heading for failure unless something surprising happens. It has zero Republican support. Senate Democrats do not have full party support for changing the Senate rules relative to the filibuster. And there's a new Quinnipiac University poll that shows a majority of Americans are definitely worried about the future of the American democracy. So, Congresswoman, when you see numbers like this, does it surprise you there's not more support to shore up voting rights? I mean, do you... Because the American people know it's not voting rights, it's political propaganda. And even MSNBC is like having to admit partially some of this, right? 
L.A. Times columnist now coming out saying we should mock Americans who die of COVID after opposing vax mandate. That should tell you everything you need to know. When the left doesn't get their way, they hope you die. You think I'm joking? I'm not. Well, here's a moral question peculiar to these days. Is it wrong to mock people who publicly crusade against the COVID vaccine and then die of the disease? Or does it drive home the message about saving lives? There are entire websites that are devoted to such mockery. SorryAntiVaxxer.com gleefully tallies stories and photos of anti-vaccine advocates who end up in the ICU, intubated, and or dead from the disease. One recent case of this kind of tasteless taunting spurred two dueling opinion pieces in the Los Angeles Times. Orange County Republican Kelly Earnby, a former assistant DA and state assembly candidate who had lobbied publicly against the COVID vaccines, passed away earlier this month at age 46 from COVID complications. She was unvaccinated. Earnby's death unleashed a torrent of reaction on the Internet. On her own Facebook page, under a Christmas collage that she had posted, there are now more than 4,600 comments. Some are sympathy notes. Many others are not. In response to the piling on, L.A. Times columnist Nicholas Goldberg wrote, I don't understand how crowing over the death of others furthers useful debate or increases vaccination rates. But a few days later, Goldberg's colleague Michael Hiltzig published a column expressing the exact opposite. Quote, mocking anti-vaxxers COVID deaths is ghoulish, yes, but may be necessary. Michael Hiltzig joins me now. He's the L.A. Times business columnist. He's also a Pulitzer Prize winner. Michael, let's make clear at the outset, you are not talking about the everyday people who don't get vaxxed, sadly contract COVID and die. You're talking about people with a platform, right? That's, that's correct, Mike. I, I, get, I love this. Like, they give the guy who is out there mocking Americans who die of COVID after opposing vaccine mandates, which would be me, right? I'm vaccinated, but I'm anti-vaccine mandate. I oppose vaccine mandates. So if I die of COVID, they want to they want to start a Facebook page mocking me as a conservative talk show host because I died. And they CNN gives this dude a platform and the L.A. Times gives him a platform to write this article saying that those who die of COVID who were against vaccines a.k.a. vaccine mandates, deserve to be ridiculed and mocked and celebrated in their death. That's what he's saying. I, I, I don't know any other way to put it, but this is pure evil. And this is what the left has left to offer you now. Come join us. We will laugh and mock people who die of COVID. That is basically the Democratic Party right now. That is, I guess, what they're hoping to run on in the midterms. We can't take away your rights because the Supreme Court struck us down. We, and, we, and, we, and we hope you die of COVID if you don't agree with us. We literally hope you die of COVID if you don't agree with us. And then we will mock your death. And people wonder why I don't trust Democrats. Please share this podcast so that we make sure that other people hear this. And please write us a five-star review. Help us fight back against the liberal media and get this information out. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.